0: Welcome to Connex, a global leadership platform for construction executives. Today I have Eric on the phone. Eric, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you.
0: Um, Eric, so what I do is I, I try to generally not read too much up on you beforehand so that we can have a chance to talk. So tell us a little bit about you, kind of where you grew up, you know, what what you've been doing in your life, and then uh, talk a little bit about your company.
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, I'm born and raised in in Massachusetts. Uh, I bounced around a little bit when I was a teenager and in my 20s. But, yeah, I still live in uh, the South Shore of Massachusetts, south of Boston. Uh, I actually grew up in the shadow of uh, Schaefer and Sullivan Stadium, now Gillette Stadium. I'm disappointed I don't hear that accent. Uh, no, no. I, uh, I spent, uh, I spent a fair amount of time in the South. I was, uh, I was in the military and, uh, I, I, I get that a lot. Like I, I don't carry the, the Bostonian accent like I used to when I was a kid. I think mostly because I was making fun of all the Southerners. for So, long. <laughs> you. You. so where'd you, where'd you go to school? Um, yeah, so I, I went. I graduated from high school in uh, in Falmouth on Cape Cod. Um, went into the military right after that. Uh, so I I spent uh, three years active duty, uh, throwing myself out of airplanes. Uh, thought it was a good idea. Uh, my body is telling me different. You know what they
0: say: now. never jump out of a good airplane.
1: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> they are uh, owned and operated by the Air Force. So <laughs> I was I was okay jumping out of them. <laughs> a little dig there. Um, yeah. So I went to, I went to a community college here, uh, for structural, uh, civil structural technologies. Um, after, after getting out of the military, I, I went to work for my stepfather who had, uh, a small civil engineering company. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, through there I, I got into surveying and, uh, quickly realized that I didn't, didn't really know all the math behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tried to bone up on that, but, um, I've always been artistic and sort of combined the two, like the art and, and needing to be able to calculate uh, coordinate geometry. So I, I jumped into CAD, like that's how I, I found CAD. And uh, that gave me the ability to do very complex calculations just by drawing a bunch of lines, circles and arcs. And um, yeah, that that's led me from the 2d world into the 3d world and, I've been doing the building information, modeling, uh, virtual design and construction uh, management since about 2005.
0: That's a little bit of time, huh?
1: Yeah, I've been around since it sort of became the 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 buzzword BIM became buzz, um, which is good. Like, I, I, I tell everybody I was in the right spot at the right time. Uh, I was willing to step up where other people in my company uh, were, were more than willing to let me step up. So it's uh, it was you know, drinking from the fire hose and setting my own sort of trajectory. So what did you uh, – tell us a little bit about your company. Uh, so I work for a company called Delbrook JKS. Uh, I'm the director of MEP and BDC for them. Uh, yeah, so we're uh, a quiet company to about six hundred million dollars. I say quiet because
0: uh, well, six hundred million dollars is not very quiet.
1: No, no. But you know, before I got to Delbrook, or, or like basically a, a year beforehand, I I hadn't really dealt with them at all. I've been in in the CM world for all of my time in construction now 20, 23, 24 years now, um, and I'd never really had to compete with them. Um, so yeah, they've been pretty pretty quietly doing their own thing for, for all that time. We're primarily a wood frame contractor doing uh, large apartment complexes. Any anything from like a, a few, like 10 units to, uh, we have a 500 unit one. We're, we're punching out now. Um, are you guys just regional to the area or are you spread out of the United States? Uh, no, no, we're just Massachusetts and primarily Eastern Massachusetts and the islands. Oh, okay. So we're, um, we like to, you know, sort of uh, market ourselves as the, the number one contractor on the island, so Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket. Um, we do, we have an office in the Cape. Uh, our headquarters is in Quincy, Mass., so just south of Boston. Yeah, most of our work is, is eastern Massachusetts and, and the islands. So you had, uh, we have, you know, you mentioned a little bit of your core focus,
0: but is it primarily, you know, multifamily kind of facilities, or what else do you guys do?
1: Yeah, we'll do, you know, that's our our bread and butter. That's you know, what we're really really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're good at, you know, all of it. But that's uh, that's, you know, obviously we're known for. Um, yeah, we'll do commercial. We have some lab work that we do we do a lot of that tenant fit out um we'll do a lot of uh you know hospital work down on the cape uh, medical office buildings you name it we're touching it we're at gillette stadium we do a lot of work with the, the craft group um, very good client and uh yeah, would so, kind of, what do you what do you feel
0: like is you know your your guys's plan for kind of moving forward into the future?
1: Uh, we well, we I don't think the idea is to grow outside of uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. At least we're not. What I see that we're chasing isn't outside. No, it's just growing our uh, current uh, client base, making sure that the ones that we have, and we have some some great clients that rely on us. For a lot of their projects, uh, making sure that we're meeting all their goals and, and delivering the best projects that we can—it's uh, more of a partnership for us than it is just going out and, and doing the work. Um, and you know, we don't have we don't have one-off clients. It's not one and done for us. So, so is we- uh, I think the the big push is... I was just going to ask you: Is is
0: your guys' business model uh, self perform, or do you contract, or do you do a little bit of both?
1: Oh no, no, we're a construction manager. So okay, we, we oversee everything. Okay, okay. Um, I got some. But we work with this. We work with the same subcontractors all the time, the same design teams all the time. So we have some really good, uh, some good relationships, and and are in a, in a. Uh, business model, I guess, that allows us to to partner earlier with with some of these companies. Um, to you know, we're in a different spot than you know a, a CM that just goes after the one,
0: Understood. one Understood. and done
1: type jobs. Um,
0: let me show. I got some good BIM questions for you here because um, I I, sure. I knew I was going to be on with you, so I I I. I uh, so you mentioned that you kind of came in to BIM kind of early. Do you think BIM was a, kind of originally designed for the MEP space and then it kind of has expanded from there? Or do you think it, it, you know, I'm kind of interested in where it came from and kind of where it's going. And I would like your opinion on that.
1: Sure. I mean, I again, like I, I said, I've always been on the CM side. Um, for me, the the... Looking at BIM, it, to me it started off more as a visualization tool for, for designers. Um, you know, To be able to show a client a 3D rendering of their, their building before it's built is, is a powerful tool. Um, not everybody can look at a set of 2D drawings and be able to put it all together. Uh, when I started with BIM on the CM side, It was really to uh, do design validation, right? So I was tasked with finding the errors and omissions in drawings and then either correcting them or uh, reaching out and getting the design team to to correct them. So for me, it was a tool to interrogate the design uh, and uh, build from there, Uh, I think. When BIM first came out, like when it first became the buzz, it was definitely buzz. Like everybody wanted to do it. Um, you know, I can't complain. I, like I said before, I hit that bubble at the right time. Um, but it's, it hasn't, done, or it hasn't become what I think everybody thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be this, revol- revolutionizing the construction industry. And I think to some. Some extent it has. Uh, it's definitely made the MEP coordination side. Uh, it's easier to find issues, um, but you find them all. <laughs> so I think, you know, back in the day when we were coordinating on light tables and and knocking out you know 15,000 square feet a, a week in coordination, uh, that took a took a nosedive once we realized how much we were actually missing. Start looking into 3d realm
0: well you know the funny thing is is just like anything else you know it's a it's a matter of time and effort you know and uh that's where i think that sometimes people you know obviously smaller different different sectors of construction have used it in different ways and i've had the fortunate aspect to look at it to see how different companies use it and uh i do see it as a very valuable tool but uh I can tell you from a scheduling perspective unless it's a huge huge project the coordination between p6 and the, you know and some of that bim related software is not extremely useful unless it's uh billions of dollars worth of work but uh it's not that i don't think it's useful it is useful but it's a matter of time and effort too what's your thoughts
1: oh yeah no i i, I definitely agree i mean from the amount of time that we put into uh, the model, like just to link uh, elements from the model into a schedule, um, it takes time to do that. And then if you look at how often schedules change and how often models change, uh, if we're doing that every time there's a change, then it, it's a full-time job just to that. Absolutely, absolutely. We don't have the staff. It, I honestly don't think the value uh, on the scheduling side, the 4D side, is is there for the amount of you know the amount of time that we have to spend. But I will say the software is coming along. A, I I can't wait to see what AI does with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's just going That's another
0: hard. big buzzword right nowadays is AI. You know, so uh, oh yeah, yeah, good buzzword, but if, you, if you're uh, good, still buzzword.
1: Yeah, if you're not if you're not even if you're not looking into it at at all, you're doing yourself your company a disservice. I mean, that you just the fun behind talking to ChatGPT and trying to trick it into answering questions it's not supposed to is kind of it, it can be fun. You know, it's hard to realize. Like, people, my staff has a hard time understanding that
0: this is essentially like the smartest person as far as facts that you've ever talked to. You know. And as far as fact-based, you know, not necessarily opinion-based, you know, but fact-based. And uh, it's it's interesting. Like you said, it's interesting what they kind of come up with, what, the, what it comes up with. But, um, uh, yeah, it'll, sometimes it just doesn't want to uh, give you <laughs> some information you knew. And from a when I used to teach at a university, this is going to be a huge – well, it can be a huge problem for the university
1: or be a, a huge opportunity, you know. So, no, I, I agree. I mean, it it has all the facts, but it's just like uh, like I say about BIM, like the garbage in is garbage mm-hmm. So with that, with the AI, if you're asking it questions, or you're not giving it enough information to to really understand what it is that you're trying to do or trying to trying to ask, then you're going to get the answer it thinks that you know the best answer it can come up with. Um, you know.
0: It's going to be interesting so to see what it, it's going to look like in the future, though, using it. You know, because it's only going to get better.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I use AI every day. Like I, you know, and we people have been using it for a long time without realizing it. If you type in in Word or any micro, Microsoft, uh, you know, program, it spell checks sort of the AI, the low low hanging fruit AI. I use Grammarly. That's helpful. Mm-hmm tremendously and that's not only like to, to check what I'm what I'm writing but it's actually taught me uh, how to uh, communicate through written word uh, much better because it's a game for me it's like yeah. how many t- how long can I go before it catches me on something
0: well uh, you know the funny thing is my, my controller I'm uh, not my controller my uh, my uh, uh, chief of staff actually had it answer a email for me uh, that I sent her and then she later asked me did you catch that you know that what ai said and i was like i have no idea what you're talking about and she showed me and i was like well (laughs) you know they got one over on me there you know so uh yeah uh, yeah. um so where do you you know as far as what you guys are doing now um where do you guys kind of see it heading into the future i mean obviously uh where you guys are is kind of an interesting place kind of a unique place um you said you, you guys imagine you guys are gonna continue to do what around you know work around there is there is there enough work around there to sustain you know uh, your company?
1: I, I think there is. I like to think there is for sure. Um, you know, we do a lot of renovation work too, so that's that's important for us. Um, and being in New England and Massachusetts, there's plenty of buildings that need to be. Uh, rebuilt and, and refit out and uh, there's always a housing issue so we're always there's always need for it um, and that's I mean that's pretty huge So I think uh, I think we're in a good spot for a, for a while. Um, I think for from my standpoint uh, my seat the the big push that we have to make, uh, it's just improving the the industry, improving how we're doing work, how we're reviewing jobs, how we're um, you know our relationships with our contractor or our subcontractors, our design teams, and the owners. Um, you know we we're in a great spot where we do uh, a lot of the same type of work. You know most of our work is like I said the wood frame uh, where we're building you know 4 over 2 so you know you have 4 4 floors of wood frame residential over a podium with parking and, and maybe mixed use underneath so we have a lot of insight into what works and what doesn't um, and to be able to take that information uh, what I call it like I have a burn list so these are the these are the items that uh, we run into as a problem no matter what the design Team is, or who the owner is. If it's a wood frame over a podium, you're gonna, we're gonna need to look at these things. Um, you know, it's just the coordination of structure to architecture. You know, do we have head height in the in the garage to to run gas lines? Like in in Boston, we don't run gas anymore, but um, you know, we just had a, a 500 unit complex that we had 500 gas lines. You know, and that's not really taken into consideration on the design side sometimes, and um, that is a massive. That's a ceiling of gas lines. Yeah, gas lines. You know, it's it's just huge. So being able to take those lessons learned and that burn list and push it forward to the design team, get out before, get out there before um, they're even like through schematic design, just to to teach them this is this is what's going to be a problem on your project. Cause it's on 90% of the projects, you know, I do it like it's a partnership and it's a, it's a teaching, you know, lessons learned. It's not about going and being, being like a jerk to them or anything like that. They want to do the best project they, they can. And we want the best project that we can. And the owner wants us and the design team to do the best projects that both of us can do. So I think it's only, it's only fair to everybody that we you know sit down and sort of learn these experiences and, so, and and build from them. So let's
0: talk a little bit about you know um, some of the qualities that you have that have helped you in business. You know, if you think back at your your career and you had to reflect upon some of the things that you did well, some of the qualities you possess, what would you say those things were? Oh,
1: I'm I'm forever a learner. So just being able to you know, to adapt to the different scenarios um, or different, I guess, uh, trends in the in the industry, uh, has been good. Like I, like I've said, you know, I landed on BIM when the bubble was just taking off. Uh, so the ability to adapt that to to different um, different aspects of the business has been something that I think I've done well. Um, I haven't always been the it's the nicest of people. Uh, and as I, as I, well, you're from Boston, over, come on. <laughs> <laughs> even for Boston standards, I'm a, <laughs> bit of, uh, a brute sometimes. Um, yeah. So just understanding that, you know, you, you get, you get better results, um, but well, you know, through kindness than just, mm-hmm. you know, the hammers for outside, you don't bring that into the office. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, so I think, being able to learn, learn that, be able to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, as I, as I've grown, i in my career, uh, it's changing. Like I, I don't do as much production work as I used to do. I'm not running coordination meetings um, right now. I will if I have to. But um, my goal or my my main focus is really teaching others how to use the software, how to tweak what they're doing um, to, to do just a little bit better every day I guess is, is my ultimate goal so if you were to go back
0: and I love this question because it always makes us kind of reflect upon ourselves and things that we could have done better but if you went back and talked to 18 year old Eric and you were to say hey this is both personally and professionally here's a here's a, some advice
1: I would give you what kind of advice would that be <laughs> I like that question. Um, well, eighteen-year-old Eric was a knucklehead. Um, <laughs> we <sometimes>. all are. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that I could go back and and say. One, I think one of my biggest biggest regrets. And I've always lived under under the you know the premise that it's better to regret the things that you've done than the things that you haven't done. Um, and one of the biggest regrets I have is actually something I didn't do. I didn't, I didn't go on to get my bachelor's degree, my, my master's degree. I I technically have a master's in global BIM management, but that's something I just got recently. Um, But it's not like I didn't go and get my MBA. I wish I had, uh, you know, I I look at it now and I have a son, a 24 year old son that's just graduated from college. And, you know, I, I look at the things that he has the ability to do now, or or the stuff that he's learned through college that you know I had to learn the hard way. Um, I would I would also tell <laughs> tell young Eric to uh, you know pay attention a little bit. You know, there's a lot of good people out there. Um, you know, just, just watch, learn, and be receptive. You know, like I, I was I've always been. Like I said, I've been a learner all my life, so I, I, I do try to learn new things. I've always been like that. But I am um, – I don't wait. I'm not very patient. Uh, and I think that's why I never finished my, my bachelor's degree is I, I just was like, I'm ready. I'm, I'm going. Um, and I have a lot of things in my life that I've, I've done like that, uh, and it's led – Led me to good places, and it's it's led me to some pretty not good places, uh, but it's um, something I've you know I think that people should know more about is like slowing down and you know to to take in sort of what's around you, listen to the people that are above you. Uh, I've had some been lucky to have some very good. Uh, I won't call them mentors because it's not too many people in my life that I would say that one person had a huge impact. Usually it's something somebody has said to me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, or, or corrected me on, you know, I had a very, I had a couple of, um, supervisors in the military that had very different, uh, different approaches. One was a, a hard, hard guy and was quick to, uh, sort of put you down, but one of the things that, you know, I take from him is, you know, he would be a jerk to, to people, to these 18-year-olds and, and whatnot, but then when they weren't in front of him, he was doing whatever he could to make sure that they were being taken care of, um, which was a weird, weird sort of uh, uh, dynamic for a person, but, you know, taking that, he, he always looked out for them. That was, uh, that was a good lesson. Then I had another one that was, (laughs) he was the one that taught me to, to work smart, not hard. Like you don't have to kill yourself every day. If you get your work done and, and you do it to the best of your ability without, you know, like overextending and over promising, you have better, much better results, you know? So things like that, like i I wish I had learned to more learn, listen to more people. Let's say. Well, that
0: was Some great input and uh, very valuable. I, I hear you about the uh, the guy who yelled at the eighteen year old kid and then behind and then when he walked out the door, he'd be doing everything that could have helped him. I think
1: that's the military model. <laughs> it, it was when I was in that's for sure. You know, and where I was, it was uh, you know it was Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. All right, we're so we're going to head into the now. speed round. We got eight
0: categories, one to ten. Each category could either be any any number. They could all be ten. Ten being the most important item, very, very important, and one being least important. But as I said, all the no, they could all be tens. So uh, feel free to add your commentary after you give it a number. So with that, let's begin. We'll start with
1: scheduling. Sure, yeah, yeah um for for me i'd say scheduling is it's probably a 10 yeah you want to you want to be able to make sure that uh not only your project is delivered on time uh, but everybody understands when things are are due when when uh you know if if you didn't have the schedule if people didn't know what they were <laughs> supposed to be doing then they just inherently won't do it you know i think having those deadlines and um just clear expectations on when items are supposed to be on site installed when things are supposed to be turned over um the other thing is you can't you can't miss schedules um, very often and and stay in good graces with your with the owners and your clients um, and when i say clients it's both for me it's both the the clients of Delbrook and then my internal clients, so my project managers, my superintendents. Uh, if I tell them that we're going to be delivering something at a certain time, um, it's very important that we, we do that. Uh, I've also been <laughs> raised to be at that understanding that if you're if you're not 10 minutes early, you're 10 minutes mm-hmm. late. So it's um, very important to me that we keep on schedules. Estimating. Um, I think it's probably a nine or nine or a ten. I think uh, you know it's it's very important not to get it wrong. Um, but you know if if we can you know it, we make adjustments in estimates so much and, and numbers change uh, you know in this industry while we're building you know it's it's important to get the estimates to a point where they're realistic. Uh, and they're not going to change like drastically. If we if we miss and we're too low, then we we end up eating the costs. Uh, that's not good for our bottom line. If we're too high with estimates, uh, we're not going to win the work, which is again not good for our bottom line.
0: Now the next two is once contract and once contract administration. Contract mean the actual paper contract and contract administration actually executing to executing that contract.
1: Yeah, so um, I'd say the they're both tens. I mean, I think you know, the again, contracts, the actual paper to have it written down what the expectations are, what what deliverables deliverables are supposed to be um, especially for like just looking at it from the MEP set the, yeah, the MEP side um, you know if, if we just say what we're going to do and we don't have it written down uh, then there's no real holding people to that and I think that's a problem uh, we allow subs on a regular basis to kind of do things you know off, off paper, off record uh, and I think that's part of the nature of the beast, we have to do that to a certain extent and I say we, I mean the CMs in general. Um, but if if we don't have the contracts, then you know nobody really knows what they're supposed to be doing. You know, keep keep everybody in their lane, kind of thing. Uh, contract administration, I think that's 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 very important. You know, um, again, you, contracts not if you're not administering it. you're not making sure that it's being followed, then what's the point of it? So I think having people like our what we do as CMs um, you know, being able to make sure that everybody's playing by the rules and doing what they're supposed to uh, it it just leads to a a better deliverable at the end, a better project Next item is design (laughs) Design is, a. Uh, I I think, you know, I've listened to a, a, a number of the, your podcasts and, um, rated 100%. real low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, they, they throw they throw tens. Like I've been here and I agree to a certain extent. Um, but I would put it down a little bit lower, right? You know, we used to build, uh, build very complex projects with not a whole lot of drawings. Um, design intent is very important I think that's mm-hmm. intent uh, having a design like having an architect um, work out how you know get too, too deep into the weeds on the uh, means and methods I think that blows up designs a little bit and you know they, they need the time to actually you know do the actual design of it like to make it architecturally sound make it uh, good. And and I, from the, definitely from the MEP side, um, you know, we need the intent from the design team. Um, it'd be nice if, if the design fit, you know, to me, that's a, that's a huge one. Um, just if you have a, a 36 inch deep duct, make sure that you have enough room to run a 36 inch deep duct and then all of the other stuff around it. So I think, But again, with the MEP design, I don't think they need to get into uh, all of the the end fittings and all that stuff. So I think um, design intent is a 10, actual design, maybe a little bit lower, like an 8. Accounting. Something I don't know a lot about. Um, I just haven't, like, I haven't had to do it. But I know that without our accounting... Uh, department, we're not getting paid. We're not making sure that our subcontractors are being paid. Um, they're the ones that are balancing out what's real versus what's not. Uh, so I, I I would rate them as a ten. I mean, as far as I, I couldn't do business without an accountant, uh-huh. is is my guess. <laughs> Somebody else to do it for me, but. Um, yeah, I don't think a company that's not doing it is uh, doing very well. Business development. This is a, this is a good one. I, I think that that's a 10, too. Um, I don't think people put as much effort into it as they should from an individual basis. You know, business development is nice. It, it's a very important to the, the, the companies so that we can continue doing work uh, we can grow our business um, within our with our current client base and if we aren't looking for new clients then we might run into a problem later later on where work dries up with a, a certain client so um, yeah that's very important but i think on a on a personal level we should always be looking to improve our own business like how we do work I'm not going to sit back and just let other people um, I'm not just going to do my work without promoting it right Uh, so a lot of what I have to do is is push tech and and innovative ways of doing the work that people have been doing for years so if i if I'm not pushing that, if I'm not trying to develop that side of the business, then it's not going to be going to be done. And last but not least, leadership. Leadership's a ten by far. I think this is uh, the probably the most most important thing to a company. Uh, you know, I've worked for some great leaders, and I've worked for some that weren't so great. Uh, I think it, leadership has to. be keep in mind that they are leaders first they're not they shouldn't be doing the work uh as far as like the production work and and uh getting into the weeds they need to be teaching others how to do that uh and leading them coaching them uh, making sure that they are set up for uh, you, you know success and that's as a cm that means our People within the company. It also means our sub- our subcontractors. We can't let them uh, fail. You know, it's it's important that everybody is is doing well. Uh, and you need you need that vision too. You need like you know, it's it's good. Like I I look at myself as a leader in my my field, but I, I don't see myself as like pushing a company to the next realm um, or the next level by myself. I I don't have that strategic vision, but, uh, uh, you know, somebody that does, that's, you know, you need that. Well, thank you, Eric, for, uh, you know, for your
0: opinions, for your beliefs and some of your advice. I know that it was was helpful to me. Um, And as I do with all my guests, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, end this podcast with any uh, additional items you have to say or any any words of wisdom
1: well at first i want to say thank you scott for having me on uh it's it was great I'm, like i said i've listened to the podcast for a little bit and uh you've had some some pretty great speakers on there so I, i'm glad to at least try to be in that same that same uh realm i guess um for me i think it the one thing that it, I wish everybody in our industry would do is just improve a little bit every day. You know, um, look at those things that are around you that you know are problematic that you could probably do a little tweaking on, uh, and, and look to improve. You know, be open to the idea that you know innovation and technology isn't replacing you or replacing what you do. It's just you know, a tool to help you do what you do better. Uh, I think that there's a lot of fear out there about what, uh, <laughs> what innovation is and what uh, construction technology is. You know, it, it is just a tool to help you do your job better.
0: Once again, another great podcast. Uh, join us next week for another session of Connex.